there's a new member of the Final Four Club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. There's a spirit in the Texas Tech Red Raiders. For the second time in three years, are headed to the College World Series. Well, Welker takes it at the 11. New routines pave the way. Welcome in, everybody, to the Talking Tech Podcast, powered by the Nation, part of the Nation Podcast Network. I am your host, Stephen Rodriguez, my co-host, Tristan McGonigal. Tristan, I have something very important to ask you. Uh, what would that be? Which way should my horns be facing? In the uh, the downward direction, towards the ground, to- towards okay. Okay. The, your feet. Yes, 100%. Uh, totally agree. Texas Tech defeats the university of texas our horns are down our guns are up it's a lovely day our horns are down our guns are up our screens are split with an mlb game (laughs) (laughs) it just couldn't be better right now man honestly it was a storybook day you couldn't have script you couldn't have wrote it out better in my opinion yeah no it was it was absolutely glorious um you know finally taking them down finally getting over that hump that is texas uh, the last we said it multiple times, uh, we should not be losing to this team as much as we've lost to this team. We just mm-hmm. they haven't been good enough. And for some reason, we could not get that monkey off our back. And Joey McGuire in his first year at Texas Tech head coach um, has done it, has defeated the Longhorns. Look, UT is not an exclusive club of we get beaten by them too much in football. I mean, it's it's it just yeah. stings a lot more that it's the U, that it's the UT Longhorns. Um, because we're, we're, we're going to be uh, going up a team this weekend that has beaten us way too much. So, but it's just, it feels so good to get this sweet satisfaction of kicking them right in the behinds, right out the door in what could be the last time we ever play them. And, but it's absolutely the last time they'll ever come to Lubbock. Uh, I, I, I really don't see this rivalry continuing, unfortunately, but, uh, it just feels really good to get the last word. Is that unfortunate? <sighs> Ah, for That's the, the golden of, question right now. Huh? For the good of tradition and what college sports are supposed to be, it's it's an unfortunate thing. But for what's transpired for the past 48 hours, man, am I exhausted. Yeah, Twitter has been uh, a mess since the game ended. Um, we're recording this here on Monday. As most of you know, um, you know, Pushgate 2022 has come out. Um uh, you know, let's just let's just talk about it. We're not going to go long on it because you've already heard everything um, that you need to hear. Everybody's opinion. Um, yeah, video surfaced uh, of the of the field storm. Texas Tech kid, drunk idiot, goes and pushes a, a UT player uh, from the backside. Complete cheap shot. Uh, you know, just being an idiot, just being stupid. Um, and of course, as soon as that video comes out, uh, you know, Kyle, who we just had on the podcast, he. He goes and retweets it, and then all the UT Twitter's all over it. And uh, um, you know, what do you you go ahead with what what your thoughts are on it? I mean, one, what a what a moron, and especially yeah. in today's day and age, it's 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 unacceptable at all times. But in a, in a moment like that where cameras are everywhere, how stupid could you possibly be? Like someone's gonna catch that. Like you're you're you're, you're 
it's you're you're putting yourself at jeopardy of of whatever stupid things are going to come ju- justifiably your way. And second, you know people are going to use that to represent the entirety of the university and its fan base. Like I really hate I really hate that that this guy, which was in probably a very dumb state of mind, did something like that. It's just it's it's pretty unforgivable, and I'm I'm pissed off, and it's just it sucks. Yeah, listen, I, I I've always had this statement whenever something widespread has happened, a bottle gets thrown on the field or um, people talk about, you know, when, when UT, the basketball team came to Lubbock and the whole bus situation with the students flicking off the team and all that. I I've had the same reaction every time something like this happens. Um, you know, if you're stereotyping an entire fan base of a couple idiots, I can't have a rational conversation with you because no way. Uh, there's there's idiots at every fan base, every single fan base. And whether you're talking about UT, Texas Tech, Arsenal, the Los Angeles Lakers, like there's stupid idiots at every fan base that are going to do dumb shit like this. And if you are going to use this as an opportunity to crap on an entire fan base, you're also a moron. So, I mean, I uh, listen. There are plenty of UT instances where they're flicking off people. They're saying S my D and uh, all the, you know, derogatory, all this kind of stuff. But I know that's not the entirety of UT's fan base because there are good Longhorns, just like there's good Red Raiders, just like there's bad Longhorns and bad Red Raiders. So, yeah, this guy sucks. Everybody in the world agrees. Everybody with any sense agrees that this guy sucks. And so, um, you know, that's just my kind of thoughts on it. Yeah, what's what's really frustrating is this is what this is exactly what UT wanted once we once they oh, lost. Oh sure, this is exactly what they wanted to happen. They wanted to turn immediately to something else, take the attention off their loss, and put it on how trashy Texas Tech fans are. Like this is exactly what they wanted. And anybody that is going to say that all of Texas Tech Red Raiders are trash, they had this opinion before this happened. Oh, yeah. and no one's mind was changed. During this incident, if you're a rational fan, nothing has changed. If you're an irrational fan, you're just eating it up and just re, you know, reloading on that opinion. So that's that's the way I feel about it as well. We have, we have the share, we share the same thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on. That the whole thing was stupid. Let's talk about the game because that's what really matters here. Mm-hmm. The football game in which, by the way, Texas Tech won against uh, UT. We're one and zero in the Big Twelve. We're three and one to start the year. Um, hell of a performance, man. I mean, an absolutely um, heart-pounding game, um, comeback. It was something that we as a university, we as a school athletic department really needed. Um, And not just because it's UT, but because we've been so bad at football. (laughs) And we finally beat what I still think is a pretty good team Mm -hmm. at your house in a moment that you needed to win uh, to build some momentum for the program. And I think you really got that. 100%, man. I, you know, I've said this over and over and over again. The, the problem with the Texas Tech football program, it's not so much the wins and losses column. Like, that's not really what's really frustrated me these past few years. Obviously, that's what it boils down to in the end. But what's frustrated me is how we can't win at home. Like, it's that's mm-hmm. just, that's drove me nuts. Like, Texas Tech has always been known as this place no one wants to go to and play but recently it's just we've been a walkover um and just seeing uh joey mcguire coach's first conference game at home and do it over your arch rival the one the the one that expects to beat you every year um it, it just it's it's a great feather in the hat it's he joey mcguire already has a quote-unquote signature win 
and mm-hmm. he's he's only four games in. So I, I think this is a great boon for the program. I think it's a great spark plug, a jump start, if you will, good to go into the rest of the to the into the schedule. I'm glad we didn't just break down after the NC State game. Like we're here to play, and it looks it, it looks like we're going to keep pushing on. Yeah, and what what I think you first have to bring up when you're talking about the game itself is uh, the absolute aggressiveness from Joey and from Zach Kitley. Um, you went for it eight times on fourth down. Now, did I agree with every one of those in the moment? No, but I'm not the head coach of Texas Tech University. So these guys, and you have to hand it to them, absolutely stuck to their guns when it came to being aggressive through the whole game, and it absolutely paid off for you. Yes, in the first quarter, whenever you on the first drive, yeah. you go for it on fourth down at, what was it, like midfield or yeah. so? Um, it just showed that they had a game plan going into this, into this game. And now, like you said, it was big aggressive. It was, it was, we're going to gamble everything on this. Mm-hmm. And I think that just really set the tone that we're not effing around. We're going to get to the end zone. Um, and whether, you know, and we're going to, or we're going to fail trying. So yeah. I really, I really liked that mentality. I think it shows that Joey McGuire and Zach Kitley and all of them, they, they understand what this game meant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to lose, go, go down with, with firing on all cylinders. Yeah. So I, I love this sort of aggression out of, the, out of the coaching staff. Even though you, like you said, I was like, oh, God, what are we doing when we first <laughs> did it? But, dude, I loved it. Yeah, there was there was some moments. Uh, I broke down all of them, all eight of them. The first one, like you mentioned, happened in the first quarter. You're in midfield, fourth and seven. So it's not like a short fourth. You're no. fourth and seven. Uh, Donovan finds uh, Xavier White there. Um, on a cutting route for exactly the yardage you needed. Um, <laughs> second one, your fourth and goal, your four yards from the end zone. You give your ball to Donovan Smith, and he makes it happen and drives inside and uh, finds a way to to run in for a touchdown. Um, then he went for it on fourth and five in the third quarter, um, incomplete to Nehemiah Martinez. That was the first possession of the second half. Uh, where you know you're down, you're down 31 to 17 at that point, and you're like, oh man, we uh, we really need, or I, I don't, it was 28, I think it was 28 17, I don't know, but um, you really needed something going because you ended that second quarter off terrible, and uh, it didn't work out for you. Defense held it down and managed to go four and out for them on the opposite side. Then you go later in the third quarter, fourth and one, Donovan Smith again runs the ball really, really tough for another first down, strong run. Uh, the ball was at text 30. So, you know, we were already on our side of the field. That one, I think a lot of coaches would have gone for. Um, you talk about a fourth and four in the third quarter, Donovan Smith complete to Brady Boyd, who, by the way, caught a couple of really nice balls today uh, after not really doing much the first three games. Um, that was another one where you're at midfield. Um, great O-line play right there. Donovan had all the time in the world to find Brady Boyd. That one goes to the offensive line. Um, then in the fourth quarter, fourth and goal, Donovan Smith, uh, not running for no gain, uh, is a turnover on downs. I didn't really, I liked going for it in the moment. I thought the play call was bad. Um, thought, you know, he fake handoffed and then Donovan ran right up the middle. You were about two and a half yards away and, uh, that just wasn't going to work. That was, that was a tough one. Um, but then of course you get to your two biggest ones late in the fourth, your fourth and five Donovan Smith starts in the shotgun. Uh, decides to run out of the pocket uh, as it's collapsing, taking himself another strong run from Donovan Smith. That is what this guy can provide you mm-hmm. that you don't necessarily have with Tyler Shuck or Baron Morton. He's just big. 
and he knows how to take contact and get yards after contact. Um, we were down a touchdown at this point. Coaching staff, uh, you know, didn't want to kick the field goal. We were in field goal range. Would have been like a long 30-yarder, uh, maybe potentially a 40-yard field goal. And Trey Wolf was on fire. We'll get to him later. But, um, you know, you, you decide to go for it. And then a play later after you get it, Baylor Cup touchdown tie game. So uh, the aggressiveness really showed. And then the biggest play, the biggest play, tie game, your ball, you're running down the field, two minutes and 15 seconds left. Um, fourth and three, you are on the 50 of a tie game. This is as ballsy of a call as you could have made. It, honest to God, I was like, how about we punt it? Let's go to overtime. <laughs> let's this play. Let's go to overtime because if you don't get it, UT's got the ball in the fifty, and I mean they're fifteen yards from a field goal. I mean, I it's so uh, most coaches, including if I was a coach, uh, would have punted the ball away. Joey said, "F it." Uh, unbelievable job by Donovan Smith of uh, staying composed. Uh, UT brought the pressure, and they were right in his face when he finally got that ball off and. Uh, got it to Miles Price, who had an unbelievable game. Um, you know, leads to the Trey Wolf taking the lead, and then you know uh, we should have won it off of that. But um, regardless, the fourth downs were gutsy. I loved it. I loved Donovan's composure through all of them, um, and I, I I loved doing it. I loved I loved it. Yeah, Donovan was seeing red, man. The guy, the guy really turned it on this game. And I think what does does this game solidify that there's not a shadow of a doubt that you roll with Donovan Smith? Like even yeah. whenever Tyler Shuck gets healthy, like has he earned the starting spot until further notice? Well, you say, yeah, until further notice, you still take it game by game. I think you know because you could have uh, a, a recap of what happened at Oklahoma State last year. You know, and, and then everybody changes their mind on him. But I, I've always thought Donovan Smith just has that dog in him. He's Well, yeah, that dog in him, but he's got that <laughs> spark, dude. Um, he's got such an uh, unique style to him. Uh, he provides something that the other two don't, and that's a physical run capability. Mm-hmm. Um, and they pulled it off with him. And you beat your number one rival. Of course, you keep rolling with Donovan Smith. And uh, Coach McGuire said that Chuck's still, you know, a couple weeks away. If you pull off a win in Manhattan and a win in Stillwater, yes, (laughs) you keep rolling with Donovan Smith because Mm -hmm. he has shown you what he needs to show you in this UT game. And if he keeps it rolling, he keeps it rolling. No, 100%. I I feel the same way. I think this guy is really coming into his own. Uh, He really just such intelligent decisions. You know, obviously there's going to be, you know, some hiccups here and there, but there was nothing that was detrimental. Like all of his decisions usually put us back into the game, like making those, making it past those uh, fourth down lines mm-hmm. and uh, just, you know, what deciding on whether he needs to run or pass it. It just, he really played out of his mind and out of all the games that do it, this is the perfect one because not only are, did you, you knock off your, a ranked arch rival, you're, you're one and oh in conference, you know, you're, you're, whenever we went into this game, it's a clean slate. Yeah, you're three and one, but you're you're zero and zero in conference. And this is where things really start to matter. So I love his his composure there, like you said, and the aggression from the from the coaching staff that really I bet really made him feel like they believed in him and his mm-hmm. ability to win the game. And confidence is everything. A confident player will not lose. You know, it's just confidence beats out talent, you know, every day of the week. And talk about a game where tight ends have arrived. 
Like, has, has yeah. Baylor Cup arrived? I think he has. Dude, I think so. I mean, uh, he he didn't play the NC State game. I think he had an injury. Um, and then Mason Tharp, I know, missed a lot of uh, tra- spring ball in, you know, fall camp and all that kind of stuff because of an injury himself. So, um, you know, they were still working them into the lineup back. And, and even Henry Teeter missed this game. So um, it was so nice just to see a big body guy. I mean, you saw Baylor cup and what he's capable of doing. I mean, a six, seven dude, he had four catches, I think for 65 yards. And then that touchdown, um, the, the play that I liked the most, well, two plays from, from both of the tight ends. One was the Baylor cup one where he caught the ball. He got it slammed by two UT linebackers. Didn't even phase him. They bounced right off of him and he gained like 12 more yards and then the Mason Tharp one where I had I have no idea how he managed to pull that off. I mean, Donovan put it in the exact right spot that he had to. But I mean, to turn around, yeah. be six foot nine and still manage to come down with it and almost score that that is the 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 talent that you have at the tight end position. And it can really help you out. And you saw it with this game. These guys are a problem. And we've been saying this going into the season that this could create mismatch nightmares. And I really hope we keep building on that and really utilize that in Manhattan. Uh, mm-hmm. So sticking with the receivers, though, uh, Miles Price, man, mm-hmm. I not only did he play out of his mind, but I loved his ferocity. Like he was so mad when the coaching staff pulled him out of the game whenever they thought he was injured, you know, just to check in on him. He was so mad. He wanted to be in the game so bad and you knew that this guy wanted to win more than anyone else on the entire field and he played like it just an incredible incredible showing for miles price has he kind of shown up you know while we're talking about showing up is he kind of just really solidifying himself as wide receiver one well i think i mean you take it it game by game ut the up-tempo style play that we played is perfect for Miles Price. It's mm-hmm. perfect for beating the UT defense. And I think, you know, having Miles Price there is obviously a, a really, really good thing to have. Everybody thought Miles Price was going to be the guy at the receiving position uh, coming into the year, and he showed what he can do. Um, you know, he was he was really Jareth Stearns, like, with uh, last year's Western Kentucky team. You know, you, you threw to him like 17 times. He had like 17 targets, caught 13 of them. I mean, he was as reliable as you could have been. He did miss the the touchdown grab, and he would have freaking caught that eight times out of 10, and he just missed it, and he was so pissed at himself. But um, seriously, that fourth down in the fourth quarter, um, you know, the, the, the like 17-yard grab on the first touchdown drive, I mean, he really came in clutch for you and just showed how much of a weapon he is. Absolutely. Like like I said, I mean, he won that game so bad. It was, just, mm-hmm. it was a great showing from the receiving core and then tight ends in general, man. I, I really love the mix-up. You know, it looked like we really kept stirring it up, keeping UT off balance, both with the, the, uh, the, the fast pace, the aggression, and just throwing it to all sorts of different targets so they couldn't just narrow it down to what to figure us out. So just a great showing from uh, the coaching staff and the, and the, the receiving uh, core there. Yeah, this is also the best showing from the O-line all season. Uh, mm-hmm. They played fantastic, I thought. Um, I, I know UT was without one of their uh, defensive linemen that usually plays pretty good for them, but um, still, Donovan had a lot of time in a lot of these situations, especially these fourth downs that were just, I mean, you credit to the O-line. Uh, honestly, they had their best outing of the season, and I hope they continue that moving forward. 
Um, defensive line was solid as always. We got constant pressure uh, on card and, and, you know, made him throw it away on some plays. And um, we didn't get a lot of sacks, but uh, Tony Bradford showed up. I thought he had a great game. I thought Hutchings had a great game. Tyree's also always that weapon. Um, But I, I, your line play was really, really solid. And if, if they play like that consistently, you're going to win a lot of games in this league. 100% man. And so Anything else to say about the offense or no, we just, I mean, we just I think we kinda, now. Sir Roderick had a good game. Uh, shout out Sir Roderick. I thought he, he played really fantastic. Taj caught that touchdown in the, in the first quarter there. Um, but other, it's just nice having two really good running backs. And when one's not really uh, running all that great, Taj didn't have a fantastic game on the ground, mm-hmm. but Sir Roderick made up for it and, and played phenomenal. So uh, love having those weapons at the running back. And I love having a quarterback with legs. So because yeah. he was the second leading rusher. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Um defensively, uh, you caused some turnovers mm-hmm. and they didn't cause any. So uh that was another thing about Donovan is he took care of the ball. Uh, but you know, Reggie Pearson uh was heads up on that interception play, and then obviously the big fumble in overtime that Krishan caused, uh knocking that ball out of B. John Robinson, the best running back in probably college football. Um, you know, in the biggest moment overtime, knock it out of his hands. And uh, Reggie Pearson jumped on it. I mean, had the awareness just to go after it when there was a UT player right there. I mean, they could have very well recovered that ball, but uh, Reggie was, was really on it. And um, I thought your defense played uh, well as a whole, you know, you obviously had your moments where you slipped up a little bit on some of these touchdowns, but um, I thought the second half in overtime, they really showed, uh, what they showed at NC State, what they showed at Houston, and what they've shown all year, really. Yeah, for, the first half was pretty suspect, especially with uh, Texas's first touchdown. Like that was that was, yeah, that was just a blown that was a blown coverage. I mean, yeah, I, they I credit you know they had a good uh, scripted game plan to start the game. Uh, they really did, you know. But it was it was the adjustments that we made that I was really proud of with with Deruder and uh, the entire defense. 100%. Yeah. Like it's, it was the second half that told the whole story. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. But a couple blown co- coverages really gave uh, UT a, a good chunk of points. Got to clean that up, obviously. But whenever you you buckle down and keep them keep them out like they did in the second half, like they they didn't they only scored one touchdown in the second half. And you you, you couldn't have asked any better of them and obviously uh, going crazy in overtime. So, I mean, obviously, we should have won the game in regulation. I mean, we we. If only we tackled them in bounds. But other than that, dude, it's hard to complain about your team as a whole. Whenever they pull this this win off, again, a game you're not supposed to win on paper, but do anyway. It's hard to sit here and pick and prod. No, yeah. No, you take this and you run with it. And you mm-hmm. say you build off of it because um, not only did you beat UT, but you just beat a, a, what I thought is a good team. I don't mm-hmm. think UT is a bad team. Um, now, you know, you talk to their fan base, you think they're the worst piece of shit team they've ever seen in their life, <laughs> but no, I think well, that's true though. I actually <laughs> believe that. <laughs> no, dude, Bijan Robinson had a great game. You know, I know Xavier Worthy missed the second half and that was huge for him, but I thought Hudson card played well. You know, mm-hmm. you, you look at every UT fan on Twitter, uh, they absolutely despise Hudson card. I thought he played uh, a solid game. Now he wasn't a world beater, but he was solid enough for you to win. Um, and I, you know, you beat a good team and you beat them. It wasn't a bad loss. Like a lot of UT fans want to say, this is a bad loss. This is bad reflection on the program. This Texas, these teams are pretty damn even. Mm -hmm. If you look at them, 
talent wise, every now you look at a four or five star, whatever, it doesn't matter until you put it on the field. But you got Texas Tech fought harder, you got out coached, and you were out disciplined mm-hmm. in terms of uh, Texas, those false start penalties when you had third and long for Texas Tech and Donovan Smith, and you jump offsides or um, each time, and they both ended up being first downs for Texas Tech. Uh, you know, that's undisciplined football. And that's um, that's a reason you got out. Co- you just got out coached. You lost to the brand football, yeah. baby. That's that's what they lost to, man. Um, you know, I, I do want to point out to all the UT listeners, um, <laughs> who, which are many, obviously, on this podcast, <laughs> a Texas Tech podcast. Of course. Um, that after a loss, can, of course, they're listening after a loss. You look very you look like a very intelligent fan. Whenever you say that. uh Texas Tech beat a second-string quarterback, um, but uh, just to—I don't know if it needs to be said—but Texas Tech beat you with their their second-string quarterback, so I don't really want to hear it right now. Well, if you talk to Steven Rodriguez, uh, I think you'd call Donovan Smith your first-string quarterback. It should have been your first-string quarterback from the start. But regardless, yes, you also on paper lost to the second-string quarterback at Texas Tech and a team that you have consistently beaten have no issue with and all this sort of stuff i mean i listen i'm sure you did too i listened to a bunch of ut podcasts uh prior to the game just to see the ignorance i think mm-hmm. um and just hear you know i i think it's it's the burn orange nation one that does it for me and now we could talk about burn orange nation they're trash they suck they're they're consistently awful after a loss they uh you know just say a lot of bad stuff on Twitter to people. They despise and, tech. Oh, they despise do. Absolutely. But tech. the the guys that do the podcast aren't Westcott. You know, no, Westcott they're, they're, they're is different. he's they the are. guy on Twitter that that pisses everybody off and mm-hmm. is just a sore loser and cool. all in all forms of the word. The guys that do the podcast, I think, are at least one of them. Um, he's actually seems like a, a fairly, you know, a fair, reasonable um type of podcaster and type and his analysis is fair with everything that comes with it. The other guy though, was just so arrogant when it comes to this game. I mean, he's just like the worst and your prototypical UT fan, you know, we are high and mighty. We are so much better than you. Do you remember 2005? I thought so. Like that type of guy. (laughs) And so to hear that pre before the game and then to beat them like we did, it's just lovely. Oh, have you have you got a recap of that of their podcast yet? No, I don't know if they put out a recap episode yet. I'm sure well, they will. I mean, I don't uh, know if it comes out midweek or whatever. Absolute guilty pleasure is listening to podcasts of teams you beat, especially whenever it's like a game like UT. I mean, whenever it's yeah, just oh, yeah. like you know, uh, uh, just a fun game between two families. Is you know, obviously, it's not. I'm not doing it out of pettiness. Um, but with UT, it's it's pretty petty for me. I'm doing it out of pettiness. Yeah, absolutely pettiness. <laughs> but the problem is. You know what sucks about these uh, podcast recaps is so much about it is going to be about our fans. It's going to be about the show. Oh, yeah. It's in that's that's so like well, I said, it's what they, they wanted. It's what that's they wanted they to happen. Yeah. So that's what's going to really suck the energy out of my pettiness. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't care what they think or what. Oh, they Oh, neither say. do I. It's, I it's just, just I want to hear the game. Yeah. Talk about the game and lose, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. You know what we didn't do, by the way? Hmm. Um, and, oh, and you're right. It's, it's something we do on the Talk and Tech podcast that we haven't done it yet, which is a <laughs> shame. But uh, the good news is we have time, and I remembered. So, uh, what do we need to do, Tristan? We need to play the damn song. We're gonna play the song. 
Red Raider did indeed come after the Longhorns. What a lovely performance, as always. Let's uh, let's talk about special teams, and then um, maybe maybe talk about uh, a little Kansas State. Um, Trey Wolf is that dude. He got that wolf in him. He got that dog and that wolf in him, dude. Uh, like you know, we were always on Team Trey Wolf. We after his freshman year, twenty nineteen. And after what was it, 22 for 25 on field goals, some ridiculous made every extra point. You knew he's talented yeah. and lost his job to Jonathan Garibay, you know, just straight up lost his job and stuck with it, stayed with the team is here in his final year. And he's, he's your starting kicker because dude now in just this season, 47 yarder to tie the game versus Houston, 45 yarder to take the lead versus UT. And then the chip shot to ultimately send the Longhorns home. Uh, very sad. Trey Wolf is that dude. I, I, I'm so glad that we 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 have confidence in the kicker again. Yeah. I, he he wasn't that dude right out of the gate. You know, remember he he did shank uh, a kick versus I believe it was Houston, and mm-hmm. um, it was it was it wasn't a great look. Um, but the dude has absolutely got it mentally focused in. He like he is yeah. honed in. He is not missing for the rest of the year. It, it seems because these are not easy shots. Distance wise and pressure wise, like it, the the pressure cooker cooker was on for both of these shots because even in the one in overtime wasn't even that easy of a shot. You know, you're taking it from a really weird angle, yeah. and you know your 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 anxiety is through the roof because this this ends the game if you make it. But the guy's a winner. He he's he's back to freshman year him, and obviously hopefully improved. So uh, we always believed in him, like you said. But I'm just glad to see that he's locked back in. Yeah, absolutely. I thought I thought he was fantastic, and I'm I'm happy for the guy. To be quite honest with you, me too, dude. And uh, what uh, our other guy, unfortunately, wasn't able to. Oh, okay. Was fortunately wasn't able to see the field much. Yeah. Uh, yeah no. Friend of the listen, pod. <laughs> we love Austin McNamara. We love him. Um, but it's nice when he doesn't have to go out there a lot. <laughs> and it's and it's nice when you're downs. aggressive and, and yeah. go for it on every fourth down. So yeah, of course he's not going to see the field, but um, you know if we do end up using him, we have that weapon in our back pocket. But um, I don't think we're going to be going for it on eight fourth downs every game. I, no, I just don't. Special so, occasion. Um, before we get to Kansas State, I had some major FOMO. I had Me too, dude. Oh, dude! Seeing all the Texas Tech fans that were there. We saw a bunch of people that we went to school with that ended up being there. Um, and, you know, it's it's the last game in Lubbock against UT. And you're just like, damn, you know, sometimes I wish I would have just spent the freaking money and mm-hmm. went out there for this one. But congrats to all y'all who were there. That seemed like a hell of a time. Yeah, what an environment. Like, the, the, the Jones really came alive there, especially at the end. It was getting loud. And mm-hmm. obviously, rushing the field. I'll never talk mess about anybody rushing the field, no matter what TV support. Um, and this one was deserved. You know, it's like, like you said, it's the last time you host that 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 team in Austin and you pull off this upset in the first time in a long, long time. And mm-hmm. I'm always Steven and I are always get get even extra FOMO because unfortunately we never got to do it. So yeah. uh I I I'm so proud of our of our team allowing our students to have this sort of experience because it's just so much fun. I was thinking about it. Uh the the freshman of this year at Texas Tech, I don't know what class that what, 2027? 20, 
2020 no 2026 i can do math math um i can do math uh <laughs> <laughs> class of 2026 freshman um coming in fresh new maybe potentially new to lubbock uh they've already experienced two ranked wins at home and two field rushes um the best we got were uh two really really cool losses to TCU in 2015 and OU in 2016. That's the best we got. And unfortunately, uh, you know, whatever. Listen, I'm not salty about it. I'm glad (laughs) Texas Tech is doing well. I wish we got a couple of those. And you were those games uh, during those games. We were like about to crash through the through the railings. But yeah. Lo and behold, alas. Lo and behold, whatever. Behind us, we have Joey McGuire now, and we're we're three and one. And we Uh, brushed the field twice now. Let's go. Exactly. And we have another quality Big 12 opponent up next in the Kansas State Wildcats. Um, Okay. Game, 11 a.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, I get it. Sucks. Um, But... You know, they they determine these TV times and mm-hmm. channels kind of two weeks prior. And you're coming off a loss to NC State. Kansas State's coming off an upset loss to Tulane. Yeah. I, I get it. I get that why we were put on ESPN Plus. Neither team is ranked. I get it. But it really sucks to see the two Big 12 teams, Kansas State, one of which just beat OU, and mm-hmm. Texas Tech, one of which just beat Texas, the two teams that are leaving for the SEC yeah. here in a couple of years, if not next year. And uh, we're at 11 a.m. on ESPN Plus, but it's whatever. We're the slayer of traitors, and we have been relegated to the streaming network. But like you said, it obviously wasn't a result of these past two games. Had this the, the TV been redone, obviously I think we'd be on a major network mm-hmm. and um, at, a, at a decent time and all that. So again, I don't think I don't think it's really a reflection on either team. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Kansas State now, state. Kansas State now ranked. At 25, this mm-hmm. is Texas Tech's third opportunity to get a ranked win out of our first four games. Um, you know, we missed out on the NC State one on the road. Uh, this is another great opportunity to beat another good team on the road, uh, another ranked win. And this would be glorious if we pulled this off. Of course, it's going to be in Manhattan. Um, always a tough place to play, um, I guess, except if you're Tulane. But uh, <laughs> they've, they've had our number over the years, Kansas State. And this is, as as expected, is going to be a tough game. They've absolutely had our number. And I'm not going to lie, I am a little salty that we're not uh, that we're not ranked or at least getting more votes. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the resume we have, it's 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 absolutely one of the best in Texas. And it's where, you know, we're one and oh in the in the conference right now with three one record with a couple uh, ranked wins. You'd think that would give you getting a little more love, uh, but I'm not that salty about it. But yes, dude, uh, good to go on the road to another ranked team. You know, this is the second time we've done this now. The only road games have been against ranked teams. Yep. So that's that's been fun Four, wow, four out of our five games have been against ranked teams so far. Yeah. So that's uh, no, obviously no longer. Ranked it's it's, it's going to be it's going to be four out of the five once we play Oklahoma State, because I'm, I mean, unless they get absolutely yeah. just they're still going to be ranked, even if they get destroyed sure. by Baylor. But dude, yeah. Uh, it, dude, uh, just, just one more note before we actually dig into the game game. Sure. Um, dude, I think the Big 12 is as good as it's been in a while. Like The, the Big 12 really looks like a gauntlet this year. I don't think anyone's bad. I don't think there's a single yeah. bad team in this conference. And I, I really think that everyone's at least average. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Um, I, you know, TCU had a, had a pretty good game against SMU, but they haven't really had to 
prove much this year. Mm-hmm. I guess the SMU one on the road is a pretty good win. West Virginia just plowed Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, on the and, road. And Kansas has been uh, the story of the year, apparently. So, really um, yeah, no game is easy in the Big 12. And uh, it's definitely more fun because you don't have that Oklahoma that is just overwhelmingly better than everybody else, or you don't have, you know, uh, some, even last year was more fun because you had Baylor. That was good. You had Oklahoma state. That was good. OU was still good. And can't, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it's, you can't go into any big 12 game lightly. You know, you can, you always have that Kansas in the past or potentially Iowa state a few years ago when they were terrible and uh, you just don't have that. It's a great thing too. I mean, it's the competitiveness, the competitive net. The competitiveness is great for the fans, you know, and it's obviously it's not going to bode well for the playoff picture, but who cares? You know, if tech's not there, I'm not, what do I care? So <laughs> if I'm being honest, so I, I, I love it, man. It get, and that just makes it more fun to watch the other games too, because obviously the games I focus in on every weekend are the big 12 games. So I'm going to love doing this. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk Kansas state. Um, good team. Uh, they have a bad loss on their resume, but they just beat Oklahoma in Norman. And uh, yeah, I know Kansas State has had OU's number over the last several years, um, but they played really well in that Oklahoma They kind of waxed them. Like they, the score I mean, wasn't as, you know, indicative of what yeah, it looked like. They definitely played really, really well. And that offense, it it kind of it kind of lives or dies with Adrian Martinez. And mm-hmm. you got to see really good Adrian Martinez against Oklahoma. You got to see really bad Adrian Martinez kind of in the first three games of the year. Um, and – I'm not going to deny that he's he can't be a weapon. He really can be. He's very quick. He's uh, you know when he gets out in uh, in open space, he is a tough one to take down. Um, I, I he doesn't have a particularly strong arm. I don't think he really needs to for Kansas State to be successful. But he is a he's he's a weapon, and that's what I'll say. If you take if you make and this is one of my keys to victory. You need to make Adrian Martinez beat you in this if you're Texas Tech mm-hmm. because you cannot have him play a game and just, you know, let let Deuce Vaughn do all the work, you know, or the O-line or the defense or anything like that. You need to make Adrian Martinez beat you. And Oklahoma did that strategy and it didn't pay off for him. But I think Texas Tech has a pretty good opportunity here. Yeah, I think that, that that's a gamble worth taking, you know, you know, from OU's perspective, because Deuce Vaughn's the best player on their team, and mm-hmm. he's absolutely one of the best players in the conference, arguably the best running back, even with Bijan there. So the the dude's a a, a freak. So yeah. I'm with you, man. I do. Obviously, you gotta you gotta sell out to Deuce Vaughn, but and just make uh, Adrian uh, game. But um, I, I what scares me about this game is I kind of feel like K-State's got their confidence back. You know, I don't think we're playing a reeling K-State. Obviously, we're not since they upset OU and Norman, but I think that Tulane game, I don't think that's really indicative of that Kansas State team because I think that the Tulane loss woke them the F up. Mm -hmm. I think think it's a huge wake-up call. Obviously, I think they're a way better team than Tulane. Um, so I'm, I'm scared, dude. I, I, I don't think this is gonna be an easy trip by any means. I, I'm not expecting to win by any means. Obviously I want to win, but I'm just saying like, it's not so you just, you can just slam that, that dub on at all. Yeah. What, what I think could play in tech's favor, um, is K-State might be one of those teams that gets up for the bright lights and doesn't get up when your game is at 11 o'clock on ESPN plus. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't know. Potentially, I I think Texas Tech is going to come out with the same mentality they have for every game. Like, yeah, I don't see a Joey McGuire coach Texas Tech just completely not coming out prepared and not coming out uh, playing hard. I could. We've seen Kansas State already come out and not play hard. You know, against Tulane, and so. If you are talking about an 11 a.m. game where the crowd's not necessarily there, now they're going to show up, you know, because they have a great fan base over there at Kansas State. But, um, you know, if you have a slow start, everything like that, I could potentially see Texas Tech stealing one here. Is the is the game at 11? I thought I saw it at 2.30. No, it's at 11 a.m. Okay, cool. No, thank God, dude. That's that's yeah. awesome. I mean, I, yeah. obviously, that, that quiets down the crowd a lot because I think the crowd's going to be there, you know, back in the team big time. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's a great fan base. You know, they're, they're a lot of fun. Um, but dude, yeah, I, I think, I think you're exactly right. I think this is a Texas tech team that has an identity. Finally, I think we finally have an identity it, where it's gritty. It doesn't, it doesn't give up and it gambles. And I like that identity. I think that's a good identity to have I, to, to go, to go forward and build on. So I, I really feel like if you're right, if we come out with, you know, the same sort of game plan, like we did against UT, I think we're going to be fine. You know, I think, I think we probably did try to make Hudson card beat us. And I think Hudson Card, you know, he had a pretty good game. I don't think he had a bad game, but we still managed to pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. And we've definitely seen uh, already this season uh, play against some pretty good quarterbacks. Clayton Toon's mm-hmm. a good quarterback for Houston. Uh, you know, Devin Leary's a good quarterback for NC State, and you completely neutralized him. And it really was your offense that lost you that NC State game. Uh, but the defense, if they play Adrian Martinez the same way they played Devin Leary, I think you have a really, really good shot. And, uh, you know, obviously they have these weapons. Deuce Vaughn, I, I, there's not a player in college football that pisses me off more than Deuce Vaughn because you're just like, dude, have Tyree Wilson pick that man up and throw him into the fifth row. Just <laughs> please. This man is five foot five. Like, come on. Please. That's what makes him so dangerous. I, he is. I, he's an unbelievable player. All credit to him. He hides he's, and he he's, hops out of nowhere. You cannot take him down easily. And no. it's so frustrating because this guy is is as tall as tom cruise like you just i don't get it and um but he's he's obviously a very very good weapon for them not only in the run game but in the pass game as well uh malik Knowles is a is a dude at receiver like he had some moments in that ou game where you're just like oh that's tough like that is that's a that's another weapon when you're not throwing a Deuce Vaughn, you have freaking Malik Knowles as the second option. Unreal. So um, the the best part, I, I think, though, about their offense, well, maybe not the best part besides Deuce Vaughn, is that offensive line. Uh, Kansas State always has a good offensive line. Those Midwestern boys, uh, the corn fed, like they always have a good offensive line. And it really showed in that, in that OU game. Uh, they created so many holes for Deuce Vaughn. And you don't need to create a giant one. He's a tiny dude, but they do such a good job with him. And um, uh, our defensive line needs to really get some pressure on him. Tyree has to make his presence known. Jalen Hutchings needs to do what Jalen Hutchings does and uh, really push on them and and force them uh, either to some turnovers or um, just just force them to not get not consistently gain 10, 15 yard plays. Absolutely, man. And I, I think if the UT game is indicative of how this is going to go, I feel pretty good about it. I feel like mm-hmm. we kept UT unbalanced the entire game and keeping uh, Adrian Mar- uh, uh, yeah, Adrian Martinez, keeping Adrian Martinez unbalanced the whole time is the key to victory, like we keep mm-hmm. saying. 
So if he, if he can't get it out to his weapons, then they're obviously stuck in the mud. So I'm with you, man. It's obviously going to be tough to get around them big, big corn-fed boys. But we've proven we've done it against, you know, whatever the five, four stars UT's got on their line. I'm sure we can do it again against K-State. Yeah, for sure. Um, their their defense, um, their defensive line is one of the best in the Big 12. Uh, they have a couple dudes on there that are just stupid. I mean, they're going to get pressure on you. And if our offensive line plays like it did against UT – I'm I'm okay on neutralizing that, but um, I think you're going to have to get a lot of quick passes out because I think you're going to have guys in your face if you're Donovan Smith pretty consistently in this one. Um, so get your tight ends involved, get Miles Price involved, get Nehemiah Martinez guys on quick routes. You know, just an up tempo, throw them off like you did against UT. You have that ability as we just saw. So I think this is going to be another another thing you want to utilize against uh, this K State team. It really sounds like we're saying just play play like you did against UT. And I mean, win. honestly, yeah. And but the difference is, I think, is Kansas State their secondary is vulnerable. Their linebackers are vulnerable. So if the offensive line somehow creates time for Donovan, I think you're going to be able to find guys that are open. And that's you know guys like Bradley or or Sparkman or uh, Loic. You know, you're going to be able to find those guys because I think they'll be able to get open against the secondary. Um, but again, it all depends. And this is just a game of football. If you stop the rush and the pressure and give Donovan some time, he's going to make some plays. Mm -hmm. He's that type of quarterback. So, um, you know, I, I hope we do that. I honestly do. Um, but this defensive line is going to maybe besides Houston's is going to be the best we played all year. Let's say, I mean, if he can exploit that, if he, if he's given time to exploit that, I mean, he sent it against UT. Mm-hmm. You know, you couldn't have asked for a, a better uh, air air attack for the most part against UT, especially with the weapons we have, with how much we move the ball around uh, amongst those guys. So, like you said, man, keep them unbalanced with the, with the with the mismatches with tight ends, and obviously we got some ballers at wide receivers. So I feel really good about that, so, dude. As we're talking, I'm feeling I'm talking myself more into a win. Oh, of course, because every week, I, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But like going into this, I was like, I'm gonna be reasonable. I think K State's really putting it back together, and obviously the early experience on the road has been against NC State, so I don't feel too good about it. But I'm really really regaining some confidence on this. Yeah, I, I will say the 11 a.m. start makes me feel a lot better uh, mm-hmm. about it, and and much better than if this game was at 6:30 or even 2:30. Right. Um, you know, so I think we kind of lucked out on that. Um, and it's a chance. It's an opportunity to build off um, a great win that you just got against UT. Imagine, just for a second, if you're a Texas Tech fan, um, before the season, you know, what, what Texas Tech, six game, their first six games, yikes. Whew, look at that. Yeah. You open up conference stretch. play, UT, and then K-State and Oklahoma State on the road. Houston could potentially be a playoff team. They're going to start one and five. Well, dude, you're three and one right now. You're three and one. You're three games away from a potential bull bid. And you're going into Manhattan right now at 11 a.m. with a real chance to just blow everybody's mind and start off four and one. You start start off the opposite of what people thought you were. Exactly. Exactly. And a lot of people were saying, yeah, we like Joey McGuire, but do they have the talent? I've always thought you had the talent. Mm -hmm. Miles Price is a freaking good player donovan smith is a good player this defense has some dudes running backs the running backs i mean you could talk tight ends got involved those guys can be extremely electric it's just if they we haven't really seen it you know and now we've seen it this season we just saw it against ut 
what we can do this season against a good team. UT is a good team. Don't let the UT fans fool you. UT, the Longhorns are good, mm-hmm. and we just beat them at our place and got that monkey off our back. And, uh, you know, from everything I've seen from Texas Tech is we are going to fight and we are going to be in the game. And that's something we have not been able to say about a Texas Tech team since Mike Leach. If, if fans are already starting to believe, you know, like raising their expectations about what the season could be, mm-hmm. imagine how they're feeling in the locker room. They're obviously feeling much more confident about themselves, you know, about what they can do, believing in the in the Joey McGuire message that this process is indeed working, that it's it's, it's kind of shoving to the wayside that this is just Joey's buildup year. No, like this, this is we've beaten good teams. And we can keep doing that. And we can actually maybe stun the stun the, the conference and do something crazy, you know, finish in the top half. I would love that. And what a staple, what a statement that would be for this staff to right out of the gate, make their presence known in this tough league. So I, I would love that. But obviously, you know, I, I don't want us to get too down on us if it's not always going to go that way. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still I still want to get to that first mark that is getting bowl eligible. That is, you know, that is the the qualification right now. So we keep marching on, man. I feel really good about our chances right now. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, fun game in Manhattan. I am really looking forward to it. Both of our, uh, your now wife and my fiance are out of town on my fiance's bachelorette trip. So um, we got the house to ourselves, dude, and we are going to be degenerates and Mm -hmm. hopefully watch Texas Tech pull out. And a a great thing about potentially winning at 11 a.m. is you just have the rest of the day to just be happy. And you're and, very happy about it. Like you can, yeah. you can watch football for the rest of the day. I cannot watch it when we lose. Oh yeah. No, if we lose, I'm, I'm out. I'm like, yeah, I'm okay, I'll go do something different. I'll go play video games or something. Exactly. But, uh, but yeah, we're uh, looking forward to the game. All right. This is it. Score prediction. What you got? All right. Uh, for my score prediction, I'm kind of, seeing a similar score line to the UT game. I'm seeing like something like 36 to like 28 Texas tech red Raiders. Hmm. So you're picking the red Raiders. Yeah. I, I flipped going into this podcast. I'm like, we're not going to win, but you know what, dude, let's, let's be biased and make a stupid change. I'm doing it. I respect it. I respect your opinion. What do you want me to say? <laughs> no. Um, I've been 100% on my picks so far. Uh, we're going to beat Murray State. We're going to beat Houston. We're going to lose to NC State. And we're finally going to get over that hump and beat UT and start the season three and one. And hey, that, that means I am too. In that preseason pod, no, you said we were going to lose to UT. Um, what? So not, not, not yeah. in our. Not in the podcast. No, in the I pre- yeah, in the preseason podcast. Oh, the preseason. No, okay. The pre- when You're we right. predicted what Texas, we went and. Broke down the schedule. Fair. Continue. Um, okay. So I'm better than you, first off. <laughs> Second off. <laughs> Second off, I then said we're going to lose to Kansas State and then lose to Oklahoma State. Um, I w- want to be wrong so bad because I want – this is such a good opportunity for us to just blow everybody's mind and really make a statement of who – Joey McGuire led Texas Tech can be. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 32 28 Texas Tech Red Raiders. Oh, the switch has been made. The switch has been made. I I was like, okay, listen, I'm right. I I I may. I mean, there's a good opportunity that Texas Tech 
will potentially lose this game. But what is the fun in that? What is the fun in predicting Texas Tech to lose? Because, oh, Texas Tech ends up losing. Oh, I'm right? No. I don't want to be be right about that at all. I don't want to be right about that. I want to be right about Texas Tech winning and then Texas Tech does. I mean, I – I would be so hyped if we won this game. So yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that Texas Tech pulls off the upset again. And yeah, of course, if you beat 25 ranked K State at their place, you're ranked next week. Yeah, I, I love the switcherino. I mean, right now, no one believes in Texas Tech. And you yeah. listen to like any recap about the game, everyone's talking about Texas. Everyone's talking about mm-hmm. how Texas blew it, not that Texas Tech won the game. So I'm ready to start like really proving to everybody that no. Texas Tech is turning the corner. It doesn't always have to be the powerhouses. Like yeah. it, it can be the other teams that get better. I'm so sick of that. So let's go, Wreckham Tech. Wreckham, let's go. Um, we're also going to hop on uh, with our friend Jeff Burkhardt on his podcast mm-hmm. um, here later this week. So uh, catch us talking more Kansas State there. Um, I'm sure we'll retweet and everything, the link and all that. But uh, we didn't get to do picks last week. Um, we had Kyle I'm laying on. Uh, so we didn't really get a chance to get to it, but, uh, after week one and week two, both you and me are tied at eight and eight. Now we didn't pick the same exact games. We just happened to end up being tied eight and eight. Mm. Um, this week we have five big 12 games. We're going to go through them real quick and just, uh, again, this is against the spread. So, uh, we're not necessarily picking winners and losers here. We're picking if this team is going to beat the spread or not. So, We'll start with the 11 a.m. game on ESPN Plus. Texas Tech at Kansas State, number 25 Kansas State. Currently right now on CBS, they are uh, an eight-point favorite, Kansas State. So it's actually gone up since yesterday. So yeah. yesterday they started up at seven. I think I think that's a little much. I think, I think even if we lose, which we won't, I think we still cover. Yeah. No, I think I I think so too. I mean, I think. Tech is now going to win the game because I'm drinking the Kool-Aid after talking to you for the last hour. Um, That's what we do. Yeah. So, all right. We're both picking Texas Tech here. Uh, next game, also at 11 a.m., is going to be the now number 18 Oklahoma Sooners at TCU. Oklahoma currently a six-and-a-half-point favorite in Fort Worth. What you got, man? That's a tough one, but I- I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to say I'm going to say OU. Okay. Uh, only because I think I think OU is going to win by like a touchdown. I think I I think TCU is just completely unproven. I just don't have enough to say that TCU has it to keep it close like that, yeah. like that close. Yeah, I mean, I've been down on TCU. I think they've actually proved me a little wrong to start the year, and now they haven't really played many. You know, good. If anything, they played SMU. <laughs> that's that's it. And um, um. Just to be a little different, I'll say TCU covers at home, um, but I, I still think the Sooners are going to win, but maybe by a field goal. So I'll go TCU covering here. I think I'll use piss and like you know bounces yeah. back with all the talent they have and just go at goes at fourth. I don't think it's a blowout, but yeah, I think it's touchdown at least. That's fair. That's fair. Um, this is probably the best game of the week uh, for the Big Twelve. You have the number nine Oklahoma State Cowboys going to Waco playing the number 16 Baylor Bears. Baylor, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, let, let's kind of paint the picture. Oklahoma State hasn't played anybody. <laughs> Oklahoma State is is a top-ten team in the country, and uh, I'm not saying they don't deserve it, but they haven't played anybody. And Baylor has lost to BYU in Provo. 
Um, they had a gritty win over Iowa State last week. I thought Baylor really showed that they can win some big games this year with that one, uh, even though I'm not very high on Iowa State. What you got on Oklahoma State at Baylor minus two and a half? Wow, that's a really, really tight line. Um, uh, I'm going to go with Baylor covers. Okay. I'm going with Baylor here. I think I think Baylor's a good team. Um, I, and I think at home, hosting a, a team that's completely uh, untested, I think that's going to play in their favor. You know, they can kind of pop them in the mouth a bit. Why is college game day not going to Waco for this? Where are they going? I don't know, but it's, it's obviously not to Waco. Yeah, I don't know. I probably I think, I think they're going to like some BS SEC game. Like that's they not always, even that big of a deal. I mean, they always have to. Yeah. I know, but it's just, it's this one's bad. Like, I mean, this is a, this seems like a clear pick to me. But anyway, what about you? Um, I'll go. I'll go Oklahoma State because I still don't think Baylor's proved it yet. Uh, now they played some they tough. They both games. have it then. Yeah, that's true. But um, Baylor, Baylor beat Iowa State. I don't think Iowa State's that good. I don't. And I've I've said it from the beginning of the year. I don't think Iowa State's all that good. Um, and beating them in Ames is obviously it's an away win against a decent opponent, but I don't think they're all that great. So I'll go Oklahoma State just wins it outright against Baylor and Waco. So therefore covering the spread. All right. I think the Mormons got lucky over the over the Bears. I think they 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 got over in the environment thing. Could be. Could be. Win, so could be. Um next game, Iowa State visiting the mighty, apparently. Kansas Jayhawks. Um, Iowa State is a three and a half point favorite visiting the four and oh Kansas Jayhawks. What do you got? Screw it, Kansas. I'm with you. I'm with you. Why? Why is Iowa State favored in this game? Why? What has Iowa State proved that Kansas hasn't? I, I just don't think Vegas is ready to commit to KU yet. With and, the and that's fair. I get the hesitancy. <laughs> Listen, Kansas <laughs> has been garbage the last, I don't know, since 2009. So I get it. You're, you're, but if you've watched Kansas this year, they're good. Like they're not a bad team. Now, okay, they play West Virginia, Duke. Those have been the best two teams they played. Houston, I mean, Houston's not looking all that great. Uh, which is unfortunate for Texas Tech. But those but are decent opponents, though. They are. Like, they're not bad. They're not, it's not. You didn't list like three FCS programs. Yeah, but they're. But they also could just be bad. You know, <laughs> like we could look at West Virginia, Houston, and and uh, uh, who they just play Duke at the end of the year, and we could just say, yeah, those teams weren't very good. So that's fair. You know, I, I I'm still I'm going to take Kansas here because I think they should be favored at home. Their Kansas fans seems to be bought in. I mean, they're selling out their stadium, so I I, I think Kansas is going to win it and start freaking five and zero, oh, man. Their offense is legit. It is. Yeah. They'll 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 at least keep up scoring wise. I think if they're going to lose, it's for the defense. It's because of the defense. Yeah. No. And, and and again, I just don't really think Iowa State's all that great. So mm. uh, I'll go. I'll go Kansas. You'll go with Kansas. Uh, last Big Twelve game: West Virginia at Texas. Uh, Texas, a nine and a half point favorite right now. Ooh, what you got? That's a lot. Uh, I'm going to go with the Mountaineers. I think the Mountaineers are probably better than we thought they were after a few few couple games. I think the the Mountaineers. I don't think the Mountaineers win, but I think I think they keep it close enough under nine. 
You think Sark busts out Ewers? Is it time? Is that time for Ewers? I mean, he's been he, he's been as some people said it was like a two to three week injury, and it's been two weeks. You know. Well, I mean, if he does, I mean, it's still a guy fresh off an injury. It doesn't mean he's just going to light it up immediately. That's true. I don't think we both said it. Hudson Card didn't play that bad against Texas Tech. You know, I think Hudson Card could potentially win you this game. Um, I'm going to say Texas. I'm going to say Texas covers. Um, Boo. There, I know it's boring and it's stupid, and I hate the Longhorns. But um, no, yeah, I think they'll they'll probably take the nears by a couple touchdowns. Um, West Virginia's head coach, if you didn't know, is still Neil Brown. So uh, <laughs> I would I would take the horns here. That's fair. I mean, I think that's probably the more logical pick. I just something inside me says that you know the Mountaineers aren't that bad. You know, they barely lost the pit in a big game and. You know, KU might kind of be legit. They probably scared West Virginia and lost that game. So this is the fun part of college football season where you just look at scores and you're like, well, this could be it or this could be it. I don't know. I really have no idea whether or not Kansas is good. at this. And you're not sick of the sport yet, especially if your team like isn't losing yet. You know, so Uh, my most years I would be out by now. I wouldn't be out, but I'd be like, Oh, this sucks. We just came off another stupid loss because of Matt Wells. Uh, But no, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. And this is the most invested I am Mm -hmm. in a college football season. I said it from the beginning of the year. Um, But yeah, man, this is exciting. And, and let's keep it rolling. Let's go. Absolutely, man. This is fun. Great episode. Great fun. Good fun. Way the hell down. Way down, way down. Guns Those guys are quite suck. high. Those guys suck. Their fan base sucks. Everybody knows it. We just beat your ass for the last time in Lubbock. In the in the, you know, we're not gonna play him for a long time in Lubbock. And I could let's do, let's go ahead and talk about it. Do you want to play UT anymore? I do. I I do. I do. But the th- but part of me is like, this is the perfect send off. Why ruin it? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to play him anymore. I'm just really, sick I'm sick of him. I just, I get, I get the financial stuff. I don't don't even want to go there. I just want to, I just want to talk about like fans. I mean, obviously it's great for Lubbock, but like, I want to play UT because that is the game. I get to talk about with the most people in person. It is. I mean, there's, I know more Longhorns than I do any other big 12 fan. It's just how it is. And if we play the Aggies, I'd be saying the same thing. So it's just those are the games that mean the most because those are the people that mean the most in our lives. So I, I just I, I hate that I won't be able to go to family gatherings and say, we're going to kick your ass this year. That'll, that'll be over. Now I'll just yeah. be like, LOL, you suck. You lost again, you know, because, you know, you're in the SEC now and you're, you're bad in the Big 12. You're bad again in um, the SEC. Which team am I talking about? A&M or UT? Ah, it's both. So it's. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's just kind of how I feel about it. So I wish we'd still play him because that's the point of college sports. Yeah, I get it. I didn't uh, I didn't agree with the article that came out at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, uh, basically just saying how it's such a good financial decision for Texas Tech to have Texas come in and play every couple of years. It's a um, fair take, though. It's fair. It's also because we've been so bad. And I just mm-hmm. don't think that's going to continue. If Texas Tech is a winning program, we're going to sell out more games. And sure. it doesn't just have to be UT or OU coming into town. Not at all. It's going to be Baylor. It's going to be Oklahoma State. It's going to be West Virginia or whoever. I I do want Texas Tech 
to be the reason people go to Texas Tech games. And mm-hmm. I think that's going to happen with Joey McGuire and building the culture and building more winning seasons in a row. So, it, no, I don't think Texas is going to be the reason we sell out stadiums. It no. was the past couple years because we've been so terrible. Now, it's, I don't think we're that terrible. It's an arrogant tank from the horns to, to yeah. be saying stuff like that. It's just we, we, they just want to matter so bad with the whole Super Bowl and all that. Um, but you, you need to, to to confirm what you're saying is just look at basketball. It doesn't matter who we're playing. Mm-hmm. A place is going to be packed to the ceiling. So yeah. as long as you're putting a winning team that's easy to cheer for on the field, especially at home, you're going to be fine. And yeah. your environments are going to be great. And the tradition's going to grow. So that's all you need. I'm with you. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying from a fan standpoint, I want to play the people that I see every day. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I'd, I'd listen, I'd love to play Texas AM. I'd love to play Texas just because you can talk mess to the guy next door. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I get you. I get you. Um, let's hit on a couple more things before we get to song of the week and end this pod. Um, if, if y'all didn't, I mean, this news kind of gets, I, I don't know if it got swept under the rug. People were upset about it. Uh, Fardos Amac um, broke his foot. Um, uh, Texas Tech basketball had their first open practice today, which is Monday. Um, everybody's excited about basketball. And then, uh, you know, your biggest transfer, one of the most coveted guys in the portal, uh, goes down with a broken foot. He's out. Um, John Rothstein reported two to three months, um, according to Fardos, who I think spoke to Carlos Silva of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal today. Um, it's more like taking it a month by month thing. And now basketball season doesn't start for another 40 some days. So that's already a month out of the way. Um, I don't think this injury is as crucial as some people thought it was going to be. Uh, it sucks. You hate to lose a guy. Um, to a broken foot, especially a big man, uh, that's probably supposed to be, you know, a really crucial part of your team uh, before the season even starts. It sucks, but I also don't think that it's going to be that bad, and he's going to be back uh, if if by the start of Big Twelve, if not before. Yeah, I agreed, man. It's it, if you're going to have a, an injury like this, good thing it's in the off season, and he has got plenty of time to recover, like you were saying. Um, you know, obviously you're going to get into gameplay without him, you know, but, but still I'm with you, dude. It's, it's heartbreaking because this guy really seemed to have bought in mm-hmm. into, into Lubbock and the Red Raider nation and the Red Raider way. Looked like he was so excited to put on the red and black. You see him everywhere in public taking pictures with people. And that's what really sucks. The guy's insanely talented. You just want to see him ball out. You know, that's, it's why he's here. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm with you, man. It's th- thankfully it was nothing major. Thankfully it was, it's, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, it's minor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still a broken foot and it sucks and it's going to mm-hmm. take some time to rehab and um, all that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, he's going to be out for a while and he's not going to be there for opening tip on the first game and that stinks. But uh, the, good news is, the good news is it's Pancho time. <laughs> Man, the, the, the man and his sideburns are going to be out there. It's a uh, look. It's it's definitely a look. <laughs> I will agree. I don't know if it's the look. It's a look uh, for our guy. Bacho can do whatever he wants. Yeah, okay? he can have it all. Bacho rules. Uh, and and apparently, like honestly, he's improved a lot this offseason. And I think he's going to be fine to stand in uh, for the non-conference or however long Fardos is out um, and be your starting center. So, um, you know, we'll have a big basketball preview when it gets a little closer. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully we'll get some good guests on for that. And, uh, but yeah, I wanted to report that. Um, one more thing, tech volleyball, um, 
coming back against West Virginia. This was actually a really exciting game. It happened on Saturday. So, you know, everybody didn't really see it, but um, they were at West Virginia. They were down two sets to nothing. And in volleyball, it's first to three sets. Um, and they came all the way back and uh, in opposing team territory, uh, managed to get the win. Volleyball has been really fun to watch to start the year. Um, they and uh, just support the volleyball team. They've been they've been really good, and I think Greystone's turning them around into a real contender. I was about to say. I mean, it, it was pretty bleak there for a while, and it's just good to see some wins on the board with with mm-hmm. the new coaching staff. And yeah, I think they're really going to build it into a real competitor. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, it's sorry, it is. It's already showing. Yeah, it, we're going to be a contender in the Big Twelve this year. I mean, shoot, uh, this is a good team. We have some really good players. Mm-hmm. Um, so support volleyball. Support. I know soccer's, uh, you know, underway. I know we haven't really talked about a lot of those other sports now that basketball and football and all that kind of stuff is is here. But uh, yeah, I always support the the tech sports um, like volleyball and soccer and all that good stuff. They absolutely all right. matter. Tristan, to end this episode, song of the week. What you got? My song of the week. It's by uh, a guy, a Texas guy named Mike Ryan. Okay, and the reason why I'm picking this song, I mean, it's a it's a fine song. It's a good song. You know, it's one of those growing up, you're leaving high school songs. But what's funny about it is there's literally no better song for Texas Tech and Kansas State, because literally the opening lines in the song are talking about how they're going to colleges, Texas Tech and Kansas State. So please play that in your little preview segment. That is damn good. Goodbye by Mike Ryan. Off to Auburn, Texas Tech, and Kansas State. Like a band of brothers breaking up with one more show to play. Okay, okay. That, you're going with the literal meaning here. You, you have to, what other circumstances is it more perfect to do a song of the week with this song? That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I haven't heard it, so I don't really know. But if it mentions Texas Tech and Kansas State, I mean, yeah, that's probably <laughs> one of one right there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so not a whole uh, lot of crossover otherwise. Yeah, there you go. Your song of the week pertained to Kansas State. Mine is going to pertain to the team we just beat uh, in the University of Texas. Um, we have bragging rights for at least the next year. Um, because we're going to beat them in basketball and then baseball. And uh, by the way, I, I said the stat on Twitter, we're five and one in the three major men's sports in the year of 2022 against the University of Texas. So uh, Texas Tech is clearly the better athletic program right now than the University of Texas. And nobody can deny that. We're five and one against you. Sorry, uh, get bent, UT. Um, my song of the week is another song that says to get bent um, by uh, everybody knows it. Everybody knows this song. Um, my song of the week is since you've been gone by Kelly Clarkson. What and a move. It's such a move because it's just, I, we don't need you anymore. UT. No. We beat you all the time now. I mean, it's, uh, we beat you in every sport now. So you're gone. You're going to the sec and we don't care. And we're going to be just fine without you. And we're going to keep selling out arenas. We're going to keep building this program. And we're going to keep winning games. We already beat you. We beat you so many times this year. And that's why my song of the week is Since You've Been Gone, Kelly Clarkson. That's all you ever hear me say. But since you've been gone, 
Texas queen and American idol champion, Kelly Clarkson. I love that. I mean, I, I, I think the, how do you like me now from last week with Toby Keith is yes. sounding pretty damn good right now. That same, was a good choice. same, but choice. same vein. Thank you. I can't, Thank you. I can't believe we didn't have a Toby Keith song until same. then. It's I, un- unreal. I, I have another Toby Keith song in the back pocket for later. Okay. But it's, it's uh, you, you can't have enough. Hope he gets Let's- through his cancer. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's going to do it. Um, best wishes to Toby Keith. Um, <laughs> that's that's I mean, how it's yeah, I didn't so. <laughs> I didn't mean that to be funny. I mean, actually, best wishes to the no, guy. I hope 100%, he gets better. It's just like yeah. what, a, what a weird conclusion <laughs> it weird. we've gotten to. It was, it was a weird ender. But let's <laughs> let's end it off actually here with some good news. Um, we beat UT. Get bent. All right. You can follow both me and Tristan on Twitter. Tristan is at Tristy Mick. I am at L underscore S underscore Rodriguez. Follow the pod on Twitter at Talking Tech Pod. Uh, follow our Songs of Week playlist. They are on Spotify and Apple Music. Um, follow everything from Guns Up Nation, Ramblin' Raiders, Tailgate Talks, Suns Up, Guns Up, all those other good pods out there. Um, we really appreciate y'all listening. And always, always, horns down and Reckham Tech. Horns down, Reckham Tech. Uh, wow. First of all, uh, Got a lot of respect for Stephen and Tristan. Uh, their program, tough guys, just uh, a lot of fun. I love the game of basketball, but also love West Texas. And I love Stephen and Tristan. I'm extremely proud. Well, I don't know where we go from here. I'm, I think I'm just going to sit back down. It's just not getting better than this. I would like to thank uh, Stephen and Tristan. This is incredible. These guys have a passion and a love for this school. Right!